Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, welcome to the Self Love Club, the podcast dedicated to chatting about stuff that matters, real talk and lols. I'm your host, Belle Crawford. Thank you so much for joining me. A little bit of a different episode this week. There actually wasn't going to be a new episode. And we do have an incredible guest next week, Abby Chatfield. You may have heard of her. If not, quickly go look at her on Instagram because she is amazing and all about all things self-love. But basically this week, I was invited to speak at a marketing conference. It was for women in marketing. And it was a pretty big, fancy thing in a really fancy room, high tea situation, afternoon thing. I was a little bit nervous. And I'm talking like a 20 to 30 minute speech. So I had to, furiously, I was like that Kermit meme, (laughs) you know, the one of Kermit typing, like furiously typing this away. And they wanted me to speak about imposter syndrome, uh, things I've learned and working in this space and things I've noticed in the women that I interview and if there's any like common trends, which there definitely are, we'll get to all those. Also talking about why realness is so important and why it helps build connections. We talk about that. We talk about things that audiences are getting over, especially on social media. We talk about social media trends, but don't worry, it's not like super like nerdy industry chat for you. I think it will be, yeah. And also, when I was writing this, I practiced it in front of my management and they were like, nah, we need more about you, which is something I... I do all the time. I make everything about everyone else or like on this podcast, I want to make it about shared conversations, right? So yeah, you hear a bit more about my story and especially in terms of my career and sort of how I went from being a little kid making like shows and writing scripts in my bedroom to then working when I was at high school in the industry a little bit and then going to broadcasting school and then how I went from there. And uh, yeah, so I guess that is kind of inspiring because I have been riddled with self-doubt a lot, like we all have, um, but I keep going, and I keep going, and I sort of talk over that as well, um, yeah, and they were like, well, why do women hate themselves so much, and so we go through all of the reasons and all the things, and um, yeah, so it kind of unpacks it all for you, it's like big clue, we live in a world that wants us to hate ourselves, but anyway, let's get into it, and thank you so much for listening today, I hope you enjoy the chat. A bit of background on me. I'm a creative. I grew up as a dancer doing ballet, drama, performing on stage, constantly wanting to make things. Still a very big part of me now. Writing scripts, making radio or TV shows in my bedroom as a child, my mom said she would spy on me through the crack in the door as I did. At high school, I wrote features for our local paper. I covered a radio host or journalist while she was on leave and decided I wanted to go to broadcasting school. I went and majored in radio and TV journalism. It was the personality stuff I was better at and enjoyed more. Being an empath and doing hard-hitting news, aka calling people amidst a tragedy and asking details about their trauma doesn't sit well with me. I love getting to connect with people and being their friend. 
I've been in commercial radio for over 12 years, starting on my first breakfast show when I was just 19. I did more FM breakfast shows for seven years before ZM's day show and currently do ZM weekend breakfast while I work full-time on my podcast, The Self-Love Club and Small Media Business. As is often the way in radio or any media, you're wearing a lot of hats. What's the old saying? It's run off the smell of an oily rag. And working in regional markets, while others would look down at it, I got to learn from some very talented people, make a lot of mistakes, and do more than I would have elsewhere, dipping my toes into a lot of different areas, including brand engagement and marketing. In 2008, I packed my bags once more and headed to Palmerston North. Look, not every 19-year-old's dream location, but I'm from Wellington, so it was quite close to home and that was quite appealing. Being immersed in that environment was so important for me. We literally had nothing. A studio that leaked and was falling apart, computers that broke down every day, no big budgets, not much to give away or a lot happening, but we smashed it by connecting with people and creating engaging and entertaining content. I do remember being like we're across the road at our old station from this big student bar and after student nights you'd have to dodge a pile of vomit every morning coming into the studio. Classy! After four years in Palmy P. Naughty, the bright lights of Tauranga beckoned. I was moved to start a new breakfast show using the skills and insight I had learnt. Over the course of two years, the show outrated the main opposition for the first time ever. Something I was proud of despite the challenging circumstances. After seven years in regional markets, I was hungry for a challenge and the next step. They don't always present themselves, so I moved to myself to Melbourne for a brief stint. While I was there, I had a great time, but I found myself constantly focusing on my career, so I moved home. Jobs in the radio industry are limited and I found myself feeling very depressed, questioning my ability, my choices, and if I would ever work in radio again. Knowing that the key decision makers and opportunities were in Auckland and I wanted to be there, I moved myself here and worked for a media company, not on air or in my passion space. An opportunity arose, I went for it and I missed it. But because I had already felt so down, it had no real impact. But despite this, I trusted my gut and that everything would eventually work out. When you hit rock bottom or a challenge, the only way is up. You get to choose what you do about it and whether you sink or swim. After three months of doing ZM weekends, I was promoted to the job I had originally missed out on, ZM Days. An initial three-month contract turned into a two-year contract after just five shows. I could not believe it. I knew I was good, but I had been in an environment which made me feel like I wasn't good enough, questioning my talent and my skill. Despite taking the show from eighth place to number one, I still didn't think I was good enough. In my first survey, and I want to stress I was working as part of a team, I increased listenership by over 30%. That's 30,000 new listeners in the space of a few months, but still the voice of doubt remained. In 2018, I created a passion project side hustle podcast called The Self Love Club. Hello, you know it, you're listening to it. The self-love club came from my own personal struggles, like we all go through at times. My trauma, past experiences, and experiencing anxiety. 
I wanted to create something that could help people in their lowest, hardest, ickiest moments to feel less alone because I know what those moments feel like. When you don't feel like you belong or there's something wrong with you, the nights where you can't sleep or you're really upset and you're clinging on, clutching to anything that will help. I've got some of my go-to audiobooks and guided meditations, but I couldn't find what I was looking for, so I created it myself. It's hard to be vulnerable. I like to turn it into shared conversations so people know they are not alone. It's something I'm still working on. It's my default, like a lot of women and people, to put others' feelings before my own. I also find it hard to feel safe sharing my vulnerability, as a long time ago I had it used against me, falsified, and was unfairly shamed. The reason people connected so well with the self-love club, it's real, and something I was told by a guest, real is rare. There are a lot of fake people who do not want the best for you and can't handle realness. The self-love club first went to number one on the Apple podcast charts within its first three months, outrating the big dogs like Joe Rogan and major media company shows. It happened on my 30th birthday and I honestly could not believe it. It blew up very quickly and was the first non-radio show, original content podcast to do so in New Zealand. So what is the self-love club? A lot of you know, but this is something I had to say when I was at this conference. The Self-Love Club is a brand and podcast which has conversations about stuff that matters. It's real talk and lols because it's important to have fun and laugh amongst the much-needed serious stuff. Conversations you may have with your girlfriends but weren't happening in the mainstream media space. I found it strange people didn't talk about things like breakups and self-doubt publicly or on a platform. It was like we have to hide everything and only show our best selves. We cover topics relevant to the 98% 18 to 39 female audience, such as mental health, therapy, relationships, grief, career, personal struggles, women's health, pregnancy, miscarriage, and motherhood. Everything we go through, you name it. One thing that I've noticed that pretty much everyone I interview experiences is anxiety and self-doubt, no matter how successful they are. Guests have included Melanie C. from the Spice Girls, we'll go there soon, local legends like Tony Street and Sharon Casey, and a heap of well-known Australians like Steph Claire Smith. A lot of these people are big in the online space and really well-known by the audience. There are now over 2.5 years worth of episodes also featuring health experts, including psychologists, therapists, women's health practitioners, and I did a series to help people through the pandemic last year, managing stress and speaking with employment and financial experts. I try to empower myself and the listeners to know their worth, smash their dreams and up their self-love and self-care game. This year I've introduced some new content where I cover a dose of pop culture, book club and the latest shows and topics with listener interactions, things I was already doing and on my socials already. Two and a half years on, I had no idea I'd still be doing this, and it would have turned into a brand and now a small media business working with brands in an advertising and partnership capacity. It's taken me a while to say that out loud. Hello, imposter syndrome, or constantly shrinking ourselves. We'll get to that soon. 
When I first started working on the Self Love Club, I wrote a list of dream guests and Melanie C from the Spice Girls was top of that list. I mean, the Spice Girls created and were part of the girl power movement, which was so iconic and influential for my generation. Melanie was a normal girl who went on to do phenomenal things. I was in London and went to see the Spice Girls at Wembley, a lifelong dream, best night of my life. I tried to line up an interview while I was there. Timing didn't work. However, my patient persistence paid off, and in 2020, I had a 50-minute video conversation with her. Hot tip, and my parents know this all so well, when I want something, I don't give up. (laughs) It was the best, and we were vibing. Here's a couple of quick clips. But stepping back into Sporty Spice on stage, and this time, Sporty Spice has gotten fancy. You had, like, sparkles and, you know, like, wasn't just trackies mm-hmm. anymore, you know? No, I know. I had really expensive trainers on. I had, like, Louis Vuitton trainers. Oh. And the girls were, like, really jealous of my shoes. For the first time, all the budget went on my shoes. And I was like, yeah, about bloody time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you always leave me in trackies, and they're the cheaper ones in your outfit. Yeah, exactly. I used to get all the free stuff back in the day. <laughs> And what about advice people who want to do really amazing things and live their dream like you have? Just go for it. I mean, do not take no for an answer. Don't allow anybody to dampen your flame. Just do it. You know, I think that's what we proved as the Spice Girls. We went out there, we were like, you know what? We're going to be the biggest band in the world. We are literally going to be an international band. Um, You know, we're going to be more successful than all the boy bands. And we did it, you know, and just because we said we were going to, and we all stuck to that. It's so important to me to create a safe space where guests feel comfortable. As my mentor, Stacey Morrison, says, Belle has a warmth which makes her easy to relate to. She is empathetic and can read people well, which means guests and her audience trust and open up to her. Guests and my audience end up telling me more than they usually would because they trust me and I really listen to them. This is some audio of Melanie sharing something she hadn't previously said in this much detail or with this much honesty before. How did you get through that time? I know you had, um, like you say, you had your doctor and people that were really helpful. You're obviously Mm. very strong. How did you get through that time? There was times when I didn't know whether I'd ever feel better, you know. I, I, gosh, I mean, this is really really brutal but you know this is real life right I I never had suicidal thoughts but I often would go to bed and think god it'd be easier if I just didn't wake up you know um so that was kind of my darkest time but even in those darkest moments I always had this flicker of hope and I think I'm such a determined person I was like this is not gonna beat me you know Although at times it thought I thought it might, um, there was always just a glimmer, just that glimmer, and I just held on to that. And when I started to, you know, feel like I was having good days or the good days were closer together, sometimes it felt like one step forward and two steps back. But yeah, it was just a really long process. You can watch and listen to that interview. Just search back in our backlog. I'll put a link in the show notes. Imperfections are what help us create real, authentic connections. It's realness and authenticity that people connect with. It's human and it's how they know they can relate with you. I know authenticity has become a bit of a buzzword, but audiences can over time smell it if it's not genuine. 
my BS radar goes off a mile off and I am very selective about who I invite on the Self Love Club. It's a sacred space and community who are so loving and supportive to each other and the guests. It's not just about the pretty photos anymore. While social media is a highlights reel and at the core about showing off, flaunting wealth and not being mindful of other people's situations comes across as tone deaf. Social trends are constantly changing. Pre-COVID, there was already a move to more natural, less edited photos, and with apps like TikTok, a more relaxed approach showcasing people's personalities and opinions. Again, that movement for real. Brands need to be selective with the content creators and influencers they choose to work with. Influencer marketing is a saturated market now. A lot of people want to be an influencer. Because of this, and some negative connotations, and also bad practices and ethics by some in the space, audiences are getting over it. This is where natural, integrated content with people who are authentic in their intention is where you achieve the engagement you're wanting. You're seeing a lot more independent media companies, podcasts, websites like Pedestrian, the spin-off being created, covering content that audiences want to consume and engage with, and a voice to those who have been marginalized and told they do not belong there. This is something traditional media companies have been missing the boat with. But it's a great opportunity for those working in that space to fill. You will have noticed my imposter syndrome rearing its ugly head as I have spoken today. According to psychologists, imposter syndrome is an internal experience of believing that you are not as competent as others perceive you to be. It's the experience of feeling like a phony, that you're going to be found out as a fraud and that you don't belong where you are. It can affect anyone, no matter your social status, work background, or level of expertise, and it has links to perfectionism. The term was first used by psychologists in the 70s, referring to high-achieving women, and since then, it's used more widespread. Now, when I was at this conference, uh, I got everyone to put their hands up, a little hands up action, but I want you to yourself, like think about it, say yes in your head or put your hand up to yourself if you've ever felt any of these. Self-doubt, an inability to assess your skills, belittling yourself and your performance, overachieving, crediting your success to external factors or luck, sabotaging your own success. Now, this is obviously when there's people around you, this worked, this worked a bit better, so I'm going to have to change this up. But basically, I, was, I got them to all look around them and see how many of us are in the same boat. It is sad that so many of us feel the same, but it is reassuring to know that we are not alone. Another huge reason behind why I created the Self Love Club. Whilst it can drive the motivation to achieve, overworking can come at a cost of constant anxiety that you are not good enough. It's a vicious cycle and it doesn't stop. The issue with imposter syndrome is that an experience of doing well at something does nothing to change these beliefs. You still think, was that any good? The more you accomplish, it doesn't go away. However, you can start to decrease the space that that voice of doubt has in your head. Something I've observed in all of the people I've interviewed and I can relate with too They all did the thing, despite any fears or self-doubt they had. They dug deep, they believed in what they were doing with passion and their heart. When you do something that comes from your heart and you care so deeply about it, it really helps. 
When looking at why lack of confidence and self-belief is more prevalent in women, is it any wonder? We live in a world that wants you to hate yourself, to feel bad about yourself, how you look, your body. There are huge social pressures put on women. Having an incredible career isn't enough or doesn't mean anything if you don't have a partner and a family you are deemed less than. I've started to notice it more myself and the comments people make in 2021 and I'm only 32. The programming women have had, the patriarchy, centuries of deeply ingrained misogyny and sexism. I get angry when I learn more about it. We're taught to be confident but not too confident. Be assertive, but don't be bossy. Know what you want, oh, but don't be a diva or difficult. In the workplace, bosses often don't want you to think you're any good so they can keep you in your place. There's so much pushing down and belittling. In case some of us haven't seen this, this may help to explain why so many of us feel the way we do. Be a lady, they said. Your skirt is too short. Your shirt is too low. Don't show so much skin. Cover up. Leave something to the imagination. Don't be a temptress. Men can't control themselves. Men have needs. Look sexy. Look hot. Don't be so provocative. You're asking for it. Wear black. Wear heels. You're too dressed up. You're too dressed down. You look like you've let yourself go. Be a lady, they said. Don't be too fat. Don't be too thin. Eat up. Slim down. Stop eating so much. Order a salad. Don't eat carbs. Skip dessert. Go on a diet. God, you look like a skeleton. Why don't you just eat? You look emaciated. You look sick. Men like women with some meat on their bones. Be a size zero. Be a double zero. Be nothing. Be less than nothing. Be a lady, they said. Remove your body hair. Bleach this, bleach that. Eradicate your scars. Cover your stretch marks. Plump your lips. Botox your wrinkles. Lift your face. Tuck your tummy. Perk up your boobs. Look natural. You're trying too hard. You look overdone. Men don't like girls who try too hard. Be a lady, they said. Wear makeup. Highlight your cheekbones. Line your lids. Fill in your brows. Lengthen your lashes. Color your lips. Powder. Blush. Bronze. Highlight. Your hair is too short. Dye your hair. Not blue. That looks unnatural. Look young. Old is ugly. Men don't like ugly. Be a lady, they said. Save yourself. Be pure. Don't be a whore. Don't sleep around. Men don't like sluts. Don't be a prude. Don't be so uptight. And smile more. Pleasure men. Be experienced. Be sexual. Be innocent. Be dirty. Be the cool girl. Don't be like the other girls. Be a lady, they said. Don't talk too loud. Don't talk too much. Don't be intimidating. Why are you so miserable? Don't be a bitch. Don't be so bossy. Don't be so emotional. Don't cry. Don't yell. Don't swear. Endure the pain. Don't complain. Fold his clothes. Cook his dinner. Keep him happy. That's a woman's job. You'll make a good wife someday. Take his last name. You hyphenated your name. Crazy feminist. Give him children. You don't want children? You will someday. He'll change your mind. Be a lady, they said. Don't get raped. Don't drink too much. Don't walk alone. Don't go out too late. Don't dress like that. Don't get drunk. Don't smile at strangers. Don't go out at night. Don't trust anyone. Don't say yes. Don't say no. Just be a lady, they said. That was the incredible Be A Woman video featuring Cynthia Nixon. I'll put the link in the show notes if you haven't seen that it before. It's very powerful. 
Team that with tall poppy culture, anytime you do anything good, people want to tear you down. We all have our individual experiences. For me, people treating me like I'm a dumb girl, a dumb radio announcer. What would you know? You just talk rubbish on the radio. I use being underestimated as my secret weapon. How do we lift each other up? How do we drown out the self-doubt monster voices amplified in our heads? How do we change habits of a lifetime? How do we go from self-doubt to self-love? Naturally, the first thing you're going to do is uh, make sure you listen to the back catalog of the Self-Love Club. We're on all podcast apps. But really, if you are on here right now, please make sure that you've subscribed. That's hugely helpful in spreading the self-love message. But for me, my journey began with learning that my struggles that I had been conditioned to believe and that were used against me were actually my greatest strength. I stepped into and owned my vulnerability and its power. This is still something I'm working on and will always have to work on. I find this really hard. Ways myself and guests and the audience of our self-love club community have done this as one. Number one, take care of yourself, like really good care of yourself. There is nothing wrong with prioritizing your well-being. In fact, it is crucial and everything flourishes from this. Whether it's going for a walk, nourishing your body and mind, resting or meditating, find what works for you. Self-care doesn't need to be expensive or fancy. It just has to work for you. Number two, surround yourself with people who support and uplift you and want the best for you. Distance yourself from those who don't. Number three, set boundaries in a society that doesn't want you to have them. Turn off email notifications. Be present where you can. Don't overload yourself, something which I am not good at. Learn to recognize no as a complete sentence and you do not have to justify yourself. Number four, affirmations. Your mind is powerful. These might seem a bit strange or lame to say, but they really do help. Saying things to yourself like, I am good enough. I am strong. I am smart. I am beautiful. I deserve to be happy. Number five, spend time doing things you love and fill your cup. For me, that's going for a walk at the beach, going to Pilates classes, reading, napping, spending quality time with my friends and family. None of this is easy and it won't happen overnight, but it will pay off and you'll notice a change in the way you feel. Your homework after listening to this is to pick one of my five tips and start your journey to self-care and self-love. Thank you so much for listening. I love you very much and it's an absolute honor to be able to create content for you and and yeah, let's share in this. It's very, very special to me. So thank you very much. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Self Love Club podcast. If this is your first time listening, welcome. We're an independent podcast and you can support us by subscribing on your go-to podcast app. Click follow on Spotify. Leave a five-star glowing review. Show us where you're listening. Maybe you're out for a pretty walk. Uh, or screenshot and post on your Instagram story and tag us in it at Self Love Club Podcast so we can see and share. Share with your friends, sisters, workmates, everyone. Down into our backlog and enjoy listening. You can find us and follow at Self Love Club Podcast. I'm Abel Crawford and we'll catch you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.